Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. I've learned over the years that you can get used to about anything. When me and that Holly got married, when we first got married, um, we bought a bedroom suit, bought a king size bed, and we were just getting started. And uh, I think this was actually right before we got married. We were buying our furniture, and we bought the mat. We bought the furniture and everything. And then we thought, "Wow, we don't have a mattress." And a mattress for a king-size bed is almost as much as the bedroom suit. And some of y'all said, well, why didn't you get a queen mattress or a queen? Look at me. <laughs> Do you want to lay with me on a queen? Exactly. So we got a king-size bed. And we had some friends. One's all has passed now. But... They said, um, we've got a mattress, and we'd like to give it to you if you want it. Well, that was an answer to prayer because we didn't have the money to get a mattress. So we got the mattress, and they assured me that it was a great mattress. Not old, barely used, only laid in at night. <laughs> <clears throat> And so we got this mattress and we laid on it. And I'm telling you, the first night it was great. Second night it was great. Then I started to notice that as we were laying down, I was sinking and she was rising. And it wasn't a waterbed. It was a regular mattress. And I just rode that thing out because I thought, you know, I'll get used to it. And I did. And Holly wasn't, didn't seem to be getting used to it, but I got used to it. I can remember one, day, one night we were laying there, and you know how when you're really crushing on somebody and it's your young love, you want your boo right up beside you. You know what I'm talking about? And I can remember saying, come on over here, baby. Let's cuddle. Let's get cozy. And I remember she said, I can't get down there. <laughs> I also got a recliner right now in my living room. The other day, Holly went and got in the recliner, and she said, my Lord, this is the most uncomfortable recliner I've ever sat in. And what had happened? Well, it wasn't her recliner to start with. That was my recliner. And it had already formed to my body. You know what I'm talking about? And really, honestly, after I got the new mattress, I realized my mattress wasn't near as comfortable as I thought it was. But you can get used to a lot of things. I remember when I was in Honduras last year, this time last year, we were laying in one room, a couple of us guys, and they had told us to bring an air mattress. And 
I waited around and didn't get one, and I asked Josh, my brother, I said, Josh, don't y'all have an air mattress? I think it was his. He said, yeah. He said, but it's got a leak in it. I said, well, it's probably a slow leak. He said, yeah, it was. But you know, when you get a 300-something pound <laughs> guy up on a mattress with a slow leak, it ain't that slow. And I was laying on this mattress in about two hours. All the air would deflate out. And there I was laying on this hard floor. And you know what? You thought, I'd have thought, well, I did think, how in the world am I going to sleep all week on this floor? You wouldn't believe it, but I got used to it. In fact, when it was time to go to sleep, I played a game. Can I go to sleep before I get all the way to the floor? <laughs> you can get accustomed, acclimated. You can get downright cozy with whatever. You can even get used to sin in your life. Yeah. You can get accustomed to it. You can get acclimated to it. You can get downright cozy with it. And that's what I want to preach on this morning. The title of my message is, is simply this, Getting Cozy with Chaos. You say, why chaos, Pastor? Because that's what sin brings into your life. Chaos. Can I get a witness? Sin brings chaos into your life. I want us to look at a story found in Exodus chapter 8. God had commissioned Moses to go and help set free the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage. God said, but Moses, I'm going to help you. The way I'm going to help you is I'm going to put 10 plagues on the children, or excuse me, on the Egyptians and on Pharaoh. And the plague I want to look at today is plague number two, found in chapter 8. It was a plague of frogs. It reads like this. Then the Lord said to Moses, chapter 8, verse 1, Go into Pharaoh and tell him, This is what the Lord says, Let my people go, so that they may worship me. But if you refuse to let them go, then I will plague all your territory with frogs. The Nile will swarm with frogs. They will come up and go into your palace, go into your bedroom and on your bed, into the houses of the officials and your people, into your ovens. That's where I draw the line. I can handle maybe frogs in my bed. It'd be hard. But don't get in my food. Frogs in the ovens. Frogs in the kneading bowls. The frogs will come up on you, your people, and all your officials. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the rivers, the canals, the ponds, and cause the frogs to come up into the land of Egypt. And when Aaron stretched out his hand 
over the waters of Egypt, the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. But the magicians did the same thing by their occult practices and brought frogs up into the land of Egypt. Pharaoh summoned unto Moses and Aaron, go tell the Lord to remove the frogs from me and my people. Then I will let your people go. And they can sacrifice to the Lord. Moses said to Pharaoh, you may have the honor of choosing. When should I appeal on behalf of you, your officials and your people, and the frogs be taken away from you and your houses and remain only in the Nile? And then Pharaoh said, tomorrow. Moses replied, as you have said, so that you may know that there is no one like the Lord your God. I find it interesting here, and I'm going to not take too much time today. I find it interesting today that the Egyptians worshipped frogs. Did you know that? They actually worshipped frogs. They actually worshipped a goddess who was always pictured with a frog head and a woman's body. And in fact, frogs were sacred. You couldn't kill a frog if you were an Egyptian. They worshiped these frogs. They were sacred. They couldn't be harmed. They couldn't be killed. And that brings me to point number one. What sin or weight do you have in your life that you've declared sacred? Is there something in your life this morning? Sin? Frog? You say, I'm not worshiping sin. If you allow it in your life, you are. Is there something in your life this morning that's a sin that you deem sacred? You don't want to get it out. You want to keep it in your life. Why? Because you love it. Don't you? Why do you have sin in your life? Because you love it. You like sin. Or it wouldn't be enticing to you. It wouldn't be something that draws you. And I want you to, I want you to ask yourself, I want you to think to yourself, is there something in my life that I should put to death, that I should get out of my life, but I can't because it's sacred. It's important to me. Oh, pastor, I don't like this preaching. I wish you wouldn't have preached this. I brought somebody with me to church. I told them how encouraging you were. Friend, I'd rather you not like me for a season and go to heaven than love me and me tell you a lie. There's some things in our lives that we've got to get out. You have the power through Christ Jesus to lay aside every sin in your life. You've got the power to lay down every weight that is hindering your relationship 
with him. Hey, some of you think I can't live without him. I can't live without her. I can't live without this. I can't live without that. But God is saying you can't live with him and you can't live with her and you can't live with this and you can't live with that in your life. You've got to get it out. Is anybody listening to what I'm saying this morning? It has no place in your life. And I'm not talking about saved or not saved today. I want you to understand this, that whether you are saved or you are not saved, sin has consequences for your life. Sin does not discriminate. When I'm a Christian, I'm saved. So I'm going to sin a little bit. You know, but I'm a Christian. Well, friend... Sin doesn't care if you're a Christian or not. Did you hear what I said? It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or you're not a Christian. If you sin, it's got consequences. What will it do, Pastor? It'll destroy your marriage. It'll ruin your integrity. It'll kill your witness. It will ruin you. You can play with it. You can act like it's not real. You can ignore it. But friend, I'm telling you this. Sin will take you down. Are you listening? You know, the Egyptians were also enamored with this fact that frogs were amphibians. You know what that means? Go back to science class. That means they live in water and they also live in land. And the Egyptians were enamored with this. Living, these frogs, living in two worlds. You know what? We've got Christians, amphibious Christians. Yeah. Who like to have a foot in the kingdom and one foot in the water of the world and pretend like everything's okay. And everything's not okay, friend. That's not, that's not good. That's not okay. And God's not pleased with it. But then we get up and we sing, I just want you. Get real. No. You want God like you want salad. You love salad but you like ranch dressing too. So what do you do? I told you this. I've been with people who order. They say, what would you like? We're eating lunch. What would you like? I'll just take a salad. Um, no croutons. No cheese. Uh, does it have bacon on it? Mm, no bacon. Just grass. <laughs> just lettuce. 
And what kind of dressing would you like? Mm, how about, do you have a light raspberry vinaigrette? And just put it on the side. Make me sick. <laughs> Give me a 16-ounce ribeye. Loaded baked potato. I'll eat everything they don't. Uh -huh. Just put it on the side. And that's how we like our sin. We don't want our lettuce drenched. We don't want our lives drenched in sin, do we? We just want a little bit on the side. So every now and then, when we want to dip over here and get a little bit, when we're feeling frisky, when we're feeling, you know, we want to get a little bit of this sin on the side. God's not pleased. We're not amphibious Christians. We're in or out. We're not of this world. And I'm not trying to hide a little sin in my life. I don't want sin on the side. I don't sin on the plate. I don't sin in my house. I don't sin in my marriage. I don't want sin in my finances. I don't want sin in the church. I don't want sin anywhere in my life. You say, Pastor, oh, you sound like, whoa, boy, you're on your high horse today. You've got it all together, don't you, Pastor? No, I don't. I'm most miserable is what I am. Chief amongst sinners is who I am. But I've recognized the fact that I know what sin does every time I give it an inch, every time I let it come into my life, every time I let it through the door, every time... It always does the same thing. No, I don't have it all together. But I have enough experience to know that sin has no place in my life. So they worshiped the frogs. So you know what God did? He gave them frogs. They worship frogs, so God said, here, I'll give you what you worship. Here's point number two. If your life is full of frogs, don't be surprised when things start croaking. What do you mean, pastor? Galatians 6, verse 8 says it just, very clearly, put it up on the screen, Galatians 6 and 8. Because the one who sows through his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh, but the one who sows through the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Let me break it down to you. If you do what your flesh wants, if you commit sin, you get the results of sin, which is destruction. Am I boring you today? Okay. <laughs> but the one who sows in the Spirit will reap life. So if your life is full of frogs, if there's sin in your life, don't be surprised when things start croaking. Don't be surprised when the marriage croaks and your finances croak 
and your relationships croak and the joy croaks and the peace croaks and the plans croak and your dreams and your integrity and your character croak. Don't be surprised because that's what happens when we sow in the flesh. Sin will never bring anything else. Do you know that? Sin will never bring anything else. You'll never, as a child of God or not a child of God, say, I'm going to sin. It's just a little bit. It ain't going to make that big of a difference. Nothing's going to happen. I've got freedom. I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I'm going to do this. It's not a problem. Well, let me tell you something. I've sat with more people than I want to who thought that, who've lost everything as a Christian, who lost their kids as a Christian, who lost their wife as a Christian, who lost their husband as a Christian, who lost their job as a Christian, who lost their freedom as a Christian. Your life is full of sin. Things will start dying in your life. You say, why would God let that happen? The same reason why he tried to soften the heart of Pharaoh. The same way he tried to get God, Pharaoh's attention. Let me show you something. I got this lid on here pretty tight. I shake this bottle. I can shake it all day long. I can shake it from the re till now until I get through. And guess what? Everything's going to be fine. But what if I open the lid on this thing, take the cap off, and start shaking it? What happens? The stuff on the inside comes out. You say, Pastor, why are you preaching what you're preaching? because it's time to get what's in you out of you. And if it takes me shaking you a little bit, if it takes a little uncomfortableness, then I'll do it. And God will let do it. And God will take the cap off of you so that he can get in get what's in you out of you. He'll allow the shaking to take place. He'll allow the breaking to take place. Let me ask you, do you think all that we got going on in our world is just by chance? No. All the craziness, everything. He said, I don't think God done that. I think the devil done that. Well, I think God allowed it. Because if God didn't allow it, then you said God couldn't stop it. And God can stop anything he doesn't want to allow. So, from reasoning, and I'm not near as smart as you, but I can conclude that if God allowed it, 
Then he allowed it for a reason. What was the reason? You know, here we are bebopping along. Church is full to capacity. Shaking and baking. Praising God, worshiping and rejoicing. Wasn't it good? Well, ain't it good? Boy, I'm telling you what. On fire, boy. Woo! Glory to God. Having church. Almost 200 in the 9 o'clock service. And four, I'm talking about four, you couldn't get another seat in this place. And there we are, boy. Woo! I'm having the best time of my life. And then, bam. Why? Why? Because all, you think God is so amazed by our rejoicing and our church. No. There's a lot of rejoicing going on, but you know what there's not a lot of? Repentance. Repentance. And we come in here, and I'm about to show out now. I'm just, they ain't hardly no, they ain't, a bunch of people's not here today. I'll just show out. Come through this door, you walk in, and we have good church, and we praise our hands, and we love it if they get us excited, and pastor says something cute and funny, and we tweet it and put it on whatever, Facebook, and there's no change. And you go out, and you're still sinning and you're living like hell, and you can't tell no difference, and you're drinking, and you're drunk, and you're having sex with everybody that'll lay with you, well, I might as well go ahead and say it. And you think God is pleased with you? Pastor, I didn't know you was going to preach like that. I go to this church because you don't preach like that. Well, forgive me for not preaching like that because that is the Word of God. Get the sin out of your life. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. Because it'll destroy you. And I wish I didn't give a... I wish I didn't care. I wish I didn't care. And you better hear me. The only reason I'm saying this is because I do care. This ain't no profession for me. I could have done other things. This was a calling that God placed on my life, and I couldn't shake it, and I couldn't get away from it. And God, there's many times that I want to get away from it, and I want God to get it, take it away from me. And I don't want it. I don't want the burden. And I don't want to care, but the fact is, I do. I do. I do care. And I don't want you playing church. And I don't want you to have the sin in your life and think I'll just keep it over here and everything's going to be great. Because I'm telling you, it's not. It's going to end in destruction. And you know what else I thought about? 
I don't want God calling me away out of some, when God calls me home, <clears throat> I don't want to have to stand before him snatched right out of sin. I don't want to decide one weekend, I think I'll go get drunk with the guys. Whatever the, that means, help me, Lord. I think I'll go have a party. Woo! I've had a stressful week. I think I'll go do a little line. I think I'll go have sex with anybody that'll lay down with me. I think I'll go do some chatting. See if I can throw out my, my hook. See what kind of person I can bring back in. Oh, preacher, I didn't think you knew about all that. Uh, I know more than you think I do. I know more than I want to know. I wake up in the middle of the night with your heart on my heart. It ain't okay. It ain't right. It ain't the church. It ain't what Christ died for. And I'm telling you this right now, I want you to hear me. You are no match for sin. You think you got it under control? Put my fourth, uh, third point up. You are no match for sin in your own power. You think you can control it? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Come on. You think you can compartmentalize it? I'm going to have a little sin right here in the box, and I'll open up the box when I want to get a little whatever. And you can box it up, and you can keep it locked up. You're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. Sin doesn't know how to stay in the corner. Sin doesn't know how to stay boxed up and locked up. You know what sin wants? You know what sin wants? Sin wants all of you. Every bit of you. 100% all of you. I, did you hear what? I, yeah, 100%. Every, and it won't stop until it gets all. Every bit. It'll steal from you, it'll kill, it'll kill you, it'll destroy you, it'll ruin your marriage, it'll ruin your home, it'll ruin your family, it'll ruin your integrity, it'll ruin your character, it'll tear you up, chew you up, and spit you out. You think you could, well, really got nothing to clap about. It doesn't know how to play nice. Yet we got a pet. Yet we got the frogs. Yet we think it's okay. Yet we think we can manage it. Look what, look, look. I'll get it right, Pastor. I can handle it. Look at verse 7. Go back to verse 7. Right here. But the magicians done the same thing by their occult practices and brought frogs up. Listen how stupid. Look how stupid. Now, these are the Egyptians. So the magicians who are evil and wicked, they're, they're working by Satan's power. Listen, instead of making the frogs go back into the swamp, 
They say, well, watch what we can do. And the frogs come, more frogs come to the Egyptians. Are you reading that with me? I'm telling you, you're no match for sin. And if you try to fix it and try to box it up and try to make it right, guess what? All you're going to do is add more problems. Add more sin into your life. You can't fix this. Only God can fix this. You can't manage it. You can't put it in the corner and say, I'll get you when I want you. You just stay there and act right. No, friend. Sin will have his way with you. You're no match for sin in your own power. And then I want you to look at verse 8. Verse 8. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Appeal to the Lord. Finally, they got sick of the frogs. Have you ever got sick of sin? And thought, man, I got to get things right. Maybe right now you're thinking, man, pastor's right. Pastor's right. There's some crap in my life. There's some junk in my life. He's right. I don't like that he's right, but he's right. You get tired of it and say, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to do right. I'm going to. That's what Pharaoh said. Pharaoh said, all right, all right, Moses, go pray to your God. Go tell your God, I'm, I'm tired of this. I can't take any more frogs in my bed, in my kitchen, in my stove, in my kneading pot. I can't take it no more. Everywhere I look, there's a frog. I open up my medicine cabinet, there's a frog. I open up my underwear drawer, there's a frog. I wake up, there's a frog. Talk to your God, tell him to get these frogs out of here. Next verse. Then I... Moses said to Pharaoh, you may have the honor of choosing them. You tell me when you want these frogs gone. And then Pharaoh says, okay, how about tomorrow? Really? What's wrong with right now? What's wrong with today? But you know, Pharaoh's like a lot of us. Just give me one more night. Give me one more night of living with the frogs. You know, it's always blown my mind, which is one of the reasons why I don't do marriages anymore, except if I want to. Did you know that? I don't marry people unless I want to. I don't feel obligated to. I used to, but I don't anymore. You know why one of the reasons why I don't do marriages anymore? Is because we got this thing called a bachelor party and a bachelorette party. Oh, y'all ain't coming back Sunday, are you? <laughs> That's okay. I don't care. I mean, I want you to come back, but I'm going to tell the truth. I am going to tell the truth. And you have these 
heart. He's like, I got one more night to do my thing. Would you have been okay with that? If I told you, hey, babe, me and the guys, we're going to go out. And I'm going to live my night out one more. I'm, gonna I got, I'm stuck with you tomorrow. Let's go out and do some funky stuff. <laughs> Let's get wild and crazy. Let her hair down. And then I'll settle with you. Let's go out to the strip club or wherever. Really? Uh Uh-uh. Foolish. And we take that all that same way, thinking in our life as a Christian. I got some things in my life, but I'd like to have one more night. You don't know what one more night's going to bring you. You don't know if you can spare another night. You don't know if you got another night. Because one more night may take you out. One more night. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You don't have time for just one more night. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to get it right. Today is the day to make it right. Today is the day to get the frogs out of your life, to get the sin out of your life, to get the crap out of your life, to get the junk out of your life. Today is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time to get it out of your life. Forever. You don't have time to play. We got to get back to repenting. Repenting of pride. I'll say this. You need to repent of hate. You need to repent of jealousy. You need to repent of immorality. Because it ain't okay. Repent of the flesh. Pastor, you sure sound like you. I wish you'd be quiet. I'm telling you, I don't have it all together. I cried through this. I don't have much tears left because I cried through this message at the nine o'clock. So if you wanted to see if I was sincere, or if I had, I'm about out of tears. But I am very sincere. Your marriage is in the balance. You think you're just, you think you're a ways off, and I'm telling you, you're not. You play with sin. I'm speaking to married people right now. You think it couldn't happen to you, and I'm telling you, it can. Talking to recovering addicts. You think it can't happen to you? It can. You can be sober for three minutes, three years, 
30 years. And if you start letting the same people back into your life and you start allowing your mind to think like it used to think, get ready, get ready, because you're going to be right in it harder than you were in it the time before. Sin will destroy you. Look at me. Look at me. Just look at me. Sin will ruin you. It will destroy you. It's nothing to play with. You got to get it out of your life. Stand with me all across the building. So let me ask you this. Does your sin bother you? Come on, musicians and singers, get on up here. Does your sin bother you? You know, I'm, I don't get so worried when I find out, when I see sin in my life and the Holy Spirit convicts me. You know when I get worried is if I can sin without conviction. If I can sin without being convicted, that's what worries me. I'm tired. As a pastor, you know what kind of news I normally get? Friends, you know what kind of news I get? Bad news. Pretty much all bad. Don't turn the lights off. Turn them back up. I want to see them. It's all bad. What keeps me going is when people get saved. Because other than that, it's dealing with brokenness and the hurt of sin. It's constant restoration. And me dealing with people who have been dealt with by sin. So maybe I'm coming at this a different way than you can receive it. Maybe, maybe all you can look at is your life and your experience and this be just crazy to you. But the fact is I don't do life just with my family. I find myself entrenched in your life. 
and I am reminded constantly of the power of sin. So like Paul, who said, Brothers, I beseech you, I beg you, sisters, I beg you, get things right between you and God. God doesn't just wink at sin. God doesn't say, well, they're my child. It's okay. No. God wants you to live a life of holiness. And maybe you're sitting in here today and you're wondering, man, what's wrong with Pastor? Is he mad? I'm not mad. I really ain't. I'm really, I'm really not. But I am broken. You hear me? I am extremely broken. And I can't let you walk out of these doors with unrepented sin in your life. Oh, I can't make you repent. I can't. But I'll beg you. I'll plead with you. Do you feel the Holy Spirit? Was this just for me? And if it was just for me, I'll be okay with that. But I don't think it was. Oh, it was for me, but not just for me. So, with every head bowed and eye closed, I really preach to the church today. And I want to ask you, if you're in here this morning and you got frogs in your life, saved or not saved, you got sin in your life, and it's getting easier to do it, it's getting easier to commit it, it's getting easier to hold on to it. Hear, hear your pastor. Hear the Lord speaking through your pastor. Get down to this altar and you talk to God. And get the stuff out of your life that shouldn't be there. Come on now. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.